Hi, I'm Alexis Ohanian. You may know me as one of the co-founders of Reddit, but more recently, a large part of my identity is being a father to my wonderful daughters. In my podcast, Business Dad, I hope to open the conversation about working parents a bit. You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads, from Rain Wilson and Guy Raz to Todd Carmichael and Shane Battier, to find out how they balance being a dad with a successful career. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Season 5 of Mother May I Sleep With Podcast. I'm your host, Molly McAleer. This is a beauty. Get out of here. My trade-in wouldn't pay the tax on this thing. Detective, if you don't mind, I've got customers waiting. Can we get to the point? What can you tell me about your late wife? Jan was a wonderful woman. And very misunderstood by most people in this town. She cared passionately about the less fortunate. Well, you're telling me she didn't have any enemies? I was very supportive of Jim, but not blind. She was not the most loved person on the PTA. I'm finding that out. As far as enemies, well, she uh, did take over the presidency midterm from Connie Mann. No. No, we have not received them yet. And how can we run a campaign without campaign buttons? But you said next Thursday, two weeks ago. All right, but this time for sure. Please? Pretty please? Thank you. Beth? Beth, now he says next Thursday. Oh, I'm sorry. Where were we? Uh, Jane Mayfield didn't take your job. You resigned. That's right. That's right. You see, with my husband's political campaign, it all just got to be too much for me. Anyway, Jan took over. She operates better under pressure than I do. Well, she used to. But you're still on the board. Yes, that's right. But a secretary. That way, all I have to do is take the minutes and then read them back at the next meeting. And Steve needs me now. He comes first. And he is the best candidate. And I'd say that even if he wasn't paying for my art therapy classes. Whenever someone has to, like, move on, when someone's like, oh, they moved on, like, I moved on after that, I'm like, something happened. Totally. You know, it's never just Steve has a campaign. we mutually parted ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wonder what. Mm -hmm. So Joe's whole thing is that he is, like, penniless, Mm -hmm. right? And, like, I would like to think that Joe's heard of a Ferrari or, like, maybe what they cost before he came to Encino. Um, It feels like a (laughs) weird place to learn about Ferraris. Um, But I looked up, obviously, inflation is a whole thing. But in current day, if you were to be a detective for LAPD, you would make between $80,000 and and almost $11,000 per year. It's not bad. No, it's a fantastic living, especially for someone who's, like, essentially, like, a public servant to yep. some yeah. in some capacity right so but that's detective level i mean you gotta he's you gotta a detective oh he's right right right, right. right and right. he's acting like i mean i know obviously there's inflation and obviously he's in a rich part of town but like 
that's like going to Manhattan and like pretending you're poor. Like totally. you know you're out of your league, honey. Like and also if you think you're alone in that, look on the street. You know, everyone's fucking broke. So, um the women are eating it. I mean, it could just be a bit. He could just be trying to like that's the way he wants to get to Susan's heart. I would love that. I like that angle more. Let's choose to believe in that. That makes me like Joe more too. Because he starts to lose his sexy with all the like, oh, my trade-in won't even cover the tax on this Ferrari. And so like, if it's a bit, I'm into him more. I know. I kind of like that he's stupid though. Like, I don't... (laughs) He's not stupid, but I kind of like that dope. Even though I'm like dispelling this rumor that like it's even remotely true, I'm kind of like I like the humble roots. Right. Something has to ground this world. But don't you think you're like a bit street smart if you're a fucking detective in LA? And South Central, like you yeah. came up in the South. Yes, he's probably used to dealing with like drugs He's like gangs busting and chop like- shops that has like stolen Ferrari parts and like totally come on yeah um so the women are eating at Adriano have you have you heard of this place is it real no I don't know it could be I have no idea it's a celebratory lunch for Susan who's taking over Jan's position hence the license plate um the women have bought themselves um an entire chocolate cake which is what people did in the 80s and 90s you guys wealthy families we never did this because we weren't ever like a cake family like, I don't think we would have ever done this. But, like, families that were, like, on the more wealthy side would be, like, yeah, let's just get a cake. And they would order a whole fucking chocolate cake to eat after dinner. And, like, someone would bring home the leftovers. So they order the cake, which I always feel was probably, like, $110 on the menu. That's insane. I, like I cakes just were so you very know, expensive. we were not a cake family either. So no. I can't relate to this part. We would get, like, ice cream if we did dessert. Everyone would get, like, a couple scoops of ice cream. I feel like we just didn't get dessert at restaurants if we even went to a restaurant yeah if we went we probably got dessert oh, like that's nice on the occasions that we went but i always went with my grandparents like who knows well, there's five kids in my house so i feel like it's a lot of kids yeah um susan says that under these circumstances she doesn't really know if having lunch is appropriate but marty tells her the past is the past time to move on now we'll later find out that all of this took place over like a week roughly so the fact that marty's like listen jan's been dead okay it's now your turn like theirs cannot like rush to replace her soon enough paula is on her little like you know paula's extra on one today yeah and she's like I want a fat piece of chocolate cake, and she's dumping her Splenda into her iced tea. Her ever like her ever ple- present Splenda. She's like, I'm not eating all this artificial sweetener for nothing. Um, and then she's like, touch my cake and die. Yeah. Um, but first, she has to show off her new ring. Oh yeah. And they're like, nice ring, and she's like, oh, this old thing. I've had it for days. Mrs. Mann seems a little bit jealous. You sense like a hint of jealousy in her eyes when she shows off this ring. Um, Marty tells Susan that she knows she doesn't like um, how she got the job, but as chairman of the pool committee, she's thrilled that she's the one in charge. Um, Paula's like, you know what? All this is getting emotional for me. Touch my cake and you'll fucking die. And like she, <laughs> she's like, oh, wait, I didn't mean it literally. And then she goes off to the bathroom. So Marty asks everyone if anyone else is curious about where's like, where's Paula's money coming from? And I have to say, Marty, yes, I'm curious as well. Because mm-hmm. like, where is it coming from? Um, Mrs. Mann says it's really none of their business. And Marty goes, no, I know it's not. And that's why it's fun to talk about. 
I love Marty. I love Marty, um, too. Apparently, Paula has been getting jack shit and alimony, but she's somehow able to live a lavish, lavish life and, like, even get something like that ring. Um, and Susan agrees. She's like, I'm, I'm with Mrs. Mann. Apparently, we, you know, we really shouldn't be talking about this. But Mrs. Mann all of a sudden goes, you know what? Maybe she's stealing from PTA. So that plants those seeds. Um, they're leaving right when Joe pulls up. And there's a lot of rumors going around about Joe and Susan. And Paula's the one starting all of them. She's very proud of it. Um, like, that's how that's who these bitches are. They will, like, go to you and be like, yeah, I'm spreading the rumors around town about you. Totally. Like, you're at their mercy. Yeah. But, like, also you keep hanging out with them. Yeah. It's very Faye Resnick. Like, I wonder if this is where, like... Faye Resnick and Chris Jenner like got the prototype for their friendship with Nicole Brown Simpson. <laughs> like I'm concerned. Like I feel like they probably ate popcorn and watched this movie together. Oh, for sure. This was probably like a super hot night back then. Oh yeah, you know Kimberly, the kids are out playing in the backyard. They put on the CBS movie of the week. Mm-hmm. The guys are out. Robert mm-hmm. Oge, Mr. Resnick. Um okay. So Joe's like, oh, um, I'm here because you said it was your favorite restaurant and your neighbor said that you were leaving dressed for lunch. So I thought maybe you'd be here. He listens. I was just going to say, kind of sweet that he listens to her. Oh, that is 100% the message. Charles doesn't listen. They're like, they're like, all the girls are are like, oh my God. Like, it is a very appealing quality in him. He's Romeoing her hard. 100%. Without even knowing. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so she's like, we can talk later. I have to run some errands. And he's like, I'll take you. So they go on their little grocery store run. And Joe asks her why she didn't tell him the truth about La Costa. And it turns out it's true. Paula's little trip to La Costa was a dry out at Betty Ford. And she's doing a lot better now. Chic. So I'm wondering if that's why Jan and and uh, Jan's now husband, Paula's ex, had custody of the kid because Paula was, like, off the rails boozing, and that's why they're a little bit disconnected. Oh, yes. I didn't want to give it all away in the funeral scene. Yes. I think that... Thank you for connecting those dots for me because I was very confused about that. Because he looked like her child just in the sense they cast a kid that was, like, very blonde. But she pet him like a strange dog that would like come up to you at Jones on third that you like don't want to pet. And you'd be like, oh, hello, you're cute. (laughs) I don't think Paula's a big feeler. I don't think because like, do you remember at lunch just then? I mean, maybe she was coked out, which I think she was. Paula's Erica Jane. Probably. That's more Erica Jane. I was going to say, when you said Erica Jane, I was like, I would probably give that to Paula because like Paula Jane. she's so disconnected. She unplugs easily. And like, Erica Jane did abandon her son. She totally abandoned her son. I mean, we do. We don't have to whisper it. It's it's knowledge. Baby. I know, right? I know. I'm not good at it. I'm not. Go- I told you, like, I give too much. Erica Jane has a very long leash with me. So, um, he's like, "What's going on with the pool? That this whole thing is taking so long?" And she's like, "I'm not sure." But Mrs. Mann made a joke about Paula embezzling funds. Um, And he writes it down in his little notebook. She's not realizing that, like, she's starting to form a friendship with him and that maybe getting her to casually sort of say these things that would normally only be whispered in the PTA group, like, is part of his plan. She really thinks she's making a friend. And while she is, she doesn't really get it, Mm -hmm. Um, which is why I'm going to push back on Susan being as, quote, unquote, smart as they say she is throughout this movie. Right. They're like, you're smart, Susan, which is I'm also like, do you say that to a smart person? Like, do you tell a person who's really smart that they're smart? Um, 
He asks her about the pool. Yeah. So then they run into Julia at the store and she's like, hi, bye. Um, So everyone's seen them together at this point. Julia and Marty are then at the gas station and she and Marty are talking it up. Um, Julia's little son gets ahead of them and he starts like digging around in the ashtray, which is like so 80s that they had this like very much in use ashtray at the front of the gas station. He's still on a leash, by the way. Exactly. And um, she's like, icky, icky. Like, it's so like, I don't know, the parenting is so 80s on this. So Marty's telling her that there's this rumor on the street that, you know, the case isn't all Susan's helping her with. And they're going on and on. And Julia's like, no, she would never do that. And Marty's like, well, you know, I don't know. Charles has strayed away before, too. Well, guess who overhears all of this? Fucking Charles. Charles. Okay. So they don't discuss it at dinner. They don't discuss it when he gets home. No, the two of them are sitting in bed that night. Like, they've been there for a little bit, reading their books. Um, And he throws a bookmark in his, and he goes, out of nowhere, he's like, you know, if we're having problems, I expect to hear them from you, not at the car wash. And like, this is, like, apropos of fucking nothing, yeah. like, as far as she's, like, concerned. So she's like, what? Also, just, like, wait, just one thing I want to say is goals. I want to manifest this in life. I love how they have that beautiful study off of their master bedroom. I do, too. Goals. I do, too. Is it, like, the thing that looks like a den, sort of? Yeah, it was, like, a cute little library right off of their their bedroom yeah this house that they live in is very intriguing to Mm -hmm. me Mm because like they actually come off the least moneyed in some ways and then you realize like oh they're pretty they're doing well yeah so susan's basically like i would never cheat on you and if you think i would that's your guilty conscience and so this is where we find out that he has strayed oh yes we do not know yet but Basically, she he's like, I'm sorry, okay? How many times do we have to say I'm sorry? And she goes, until I believe you. Dude, Ooh, that got me. Yeah, that, that got me. caught me too. Because sometimes, you know what? People can say it all day, but yeah. if you don't believe them, you have to really make someone believe it. Also, it's kind of how I feel presently about Real Housewives of Atlanta. Do you watch? You know what? I quit Atlanta after like two seasons. Oh. I know. Okay. Well, Portia's kind of going through this right now with her husband. He cheated while she was pregnant. And basically, he is like doing this. He's pulling a Charles. He's being like, I, I'm sorry. I'm going to die. And it's like they go to therapy. And the therapist pretty much says what Susan says, which is like, you have to apologize as many times as Portia wants you to apologize. Forever. Because, because like you messed up. You know, especially while pregnant, that is such like a dirty dog move. Disgusting. I think I do know enough about it that like I know that, mm-hmm. but like it's it's hard. I read all like the blind item blogs and everything, and like I feel like I absorb all this information that's like questionable, and I move around the world like it's fact. Um, but that's one of the things I know. Yeah, it's fucked up. There's a lot of cheating this season on the show, and there's, I mean. There's a lot of common themes every season, but I would say cheating is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of questions about it. I'm mm-hmm. unhappy with it. I'm unsoothed. So another day at the pool club, Paula asks Kevin to apply some sunscreen to her back while Charlene sits at the table and reads a magazine. Susan and Marty are going to roll up to the table in a minute. Marty's just gone on what seems like her first date since her husband passed away. By the way, her husband's dead. Let's How? play mm-hmm. 41.12 to 44.23. Would you mind? Uh, it's a pleasure, Mrs. Preston. Oh, I love a young man who shows respect. Mm. 
fucking dead 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 i die for how she died i die for how she died too i mean well okay so let's like she paula did some things that were really despicable in that last scene especially when she's like oh the widow hallard went on a date put a pin in that mentally for you guys like that's something to pay attention to later paula's just like really nasty in this scene she's mean erica jane she does seem like she's sort of peaking on her coke addiction though right i will tell you she's started to become like really nasty this that scene was kind of hard to watch also like the whole like um are you going to sun or play? Like that for some reason really pointed out the superficiality of their world like in nothing, in no other way that this movie has. Like not all the hair, not all the workouts, not all the bullshit classes. It was like, are you going to just like lay here or are you going to go play a round of golf? Like that's your decision today. Yeah. Like disgusting. Tough life. 
We're going to transition directly to Paula's funeral. Great comedic timing from this movie. I fucking love this movie. I think this movie is so good. If I could rent out a theater for my birthday and show this to like 200 people. That's a great idea. I I love this movie and I think it's so fun. That is such a good idea. This could be my Rocky Horror Picture Show. Do you have a big birthday coming up? I just had my birthday in January. But I mean... I uh can we do that what if I was turning 40 <laughs> like what if I was like yeah I'll be 40 no I'm no, not like I'm I don't know 35 or I have no idea no no I'm 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 in my I'm in my mid-30s okay. I just turned 36 okay. not to brag um but like would well, it wasn't you, would that it, off so, no but yeah. like wouldn't it be funny if I was like yeah I'll be 40 <laughs> I knew you. I knew you weren't forty, but I actually wasn't sure if thirty. No, I know. Was but what up. if I like? What if I really was, and, and you I'd didn't be like, know? You are looking great, girl. <laughs> Thanks. Um, also, forty's young, so I mean. No, I know. I don't actually don't have a problem with age. I actually find it to be super unattractive when women worry about turning thirty. Yeah, I think it's dumb. Like when you're twenty-five, I can understand thinking thirty's old. But when you're twenty-eight or twenty-nine, and you're like having a crisis around thirty, it's like get a life bitch yeah like 30s 30 is when life starts to make sense and I would say 35 is when you're like oh that shit's behind me and oh my god how embarrassing were my 20s like kill me right I would I've said this before on this podcast I want to know from you I would like rather relive my teen years than my 20s um I don't want to relive either I'm like really happy right now but gun to your head (laughs) Gun to my head? No, my 20s were amazing. I mean, I had, like, incredible times. Well, you're, like, an international pop star, so it's Those different. were, like, the, I think those I was just, like, my a local years. spaz. Do you not die, though, when you see, like, I think Julia is so, like, Julia Duffy, Susan's character, she's so, like, doe-eyed and breathy and, like, innocent and, like, soft-spoken and sweet. Like, she just has this thing about her that, like, it made me realize, like, I – my mom raised me the way that I raised wagon stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just <laughs> – my whole life, like, I never had a chance of being that – like, that woman. You know what I mean? I was always going to be, like, hey. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, like lit- – because my mom raised me. Like, she was, like, oh, like, when she's, well, like – Well, Shauna was a single mom. I mean, she had, like – Susan has a lot of advantages that Shauna didn't have. No, I think almost more like my mom raised me to be like a forward facing person. Where yeah. she was like, just say what you're th-. like, you know, like, you know, oh, I thought you like were a- speaking to like the sandwiches and all that. No, like she was never like she was never like you have to be like a tender, sweet girl. Right. You know what right, I mean? Right. And like I she do was like think- go out there malls and go for what you want. She always encouraged and me to go be to that naked goofy, art class and like draw yeah. that dick. She always encouraged that part of me, which like I appreciate now in my adult yeah. life. But sometimes I see these women and I'm like, God, what's that like yeah. to be like so like delicate and no. sensitive and like. Yeah, I know what you mean. My mom went back to school late in life. And like I said, five, there was five kids and she went to school and then to pay for school, she dealt blackjack at night. So she 100 percent put that like hard work ethic mentality into all of us and I'm super grateful for that totally yeah I can't relate to this Susan life either I had friends that kind of had Susan moms and it was nice to go over there and have sleepovers Mm -hmm. and get a little taste of the Susan life but yeah I mean I think it's a kind of it's it's setting up your kid for failure in a lot of ways like you mentioned earlier like Chad he's fucked 
Yeah. It's it's both enviable and like, how do you do it? Totally. Like, why would you want to live that way? Yeah. I remember my mom would always be like, other moms were like kind of square to her. And it was because she was young for sure. Like, she, like my classmates' moms were like in their 30s and 40s. My mom was in her 20s. But like... Yeah, it just was like, there was always that big difference. And I was like, what's the other side like? I think we always wonder about the other side. So after the funeral, um, everyone is looking at Susan out of the corner of their eye. At home, Charles is asking Susan if um, she's seen his airline ticket. And she's like, it was on the floor of the bathroom and I put it by the front door. Oh, that was so weird. Like, is he shitting looking at his airline ticket? This is the man that can't find his fucking cufflinks. (laughs) Like, this is how she picks up after him. Like, who, first of all, this is from the time when you would have, like, an airline ticket mailed to your house and then bring it to the airport. Right. But, like, why on the floor? Like, were you reading it and then you set it down to wipe your butt? Or was it, like, did it fall out of your pot? Like, what happened? Like- it just seems like pure calamity. <laughs> like, it's like like something falls out of his hands and he doesn't even notice. Right. Like, my grandfather was, like, an absent-minded professor, but he was also, like, doing brilliant things. Like, Charles is just, like, that sort of, like, charming CEO sort of, like, by the way, can we talk about a CEO? controversial opinion and also not even really an opinion all that papa john's drama that went down a couple years ago i'm not familiar he got fired for apparently like saying the n-word on a in a on a company phone call oh my god and by the way like i still don't necessarily 100 percent believe papa john's side of it but it's very interesting the way it all sort of the story was told because it seemed like a total corporate takeover and Papa John is has like he is a perfect CEO like he's very charming he's good with numbers he's someone that you'd want to sit down and have a dinner with but he's also someone who's worth um, you know more than half a like half a billion dollars he's the guy on the commercials like Mm -hmm. dark hair yeah he said the n-word on a phone call so apparently what I was gonna say is so guys the h3h3 podcast is a podcast I love this episode is is both groundbreaking and incredibly annoying because the host is such an interrupter. Like, if you think I'm bad at interrupting, I would ask you to, like, really brace yourself before you listen to this. But the way he explains it is that he was doing some sort of HR sensitivity training that they were doing for all people. And Papa John, would, like, went into the meeting and he said... They were basically like, are you racist? And he was like, no, I'm not like racist. And that's where it sounds like a little like confusing to me because I think that what they were really doing was like the standard sort of HR meeting. But they Mm -hmm. were going a little bit hard on him because what was happening was that he had so many shares, like he was such a majority owner of this business. And he was starting to sort of disagree with some of the board members that were trying to basically get him to use lower quality ingredients. And Papa's not budging on the ingredients. He's like, I am a man who looks at my perfect 10 pizza. And I I know he's like, he knows all about the crusts, the way he was like dissecting what makes an amazing pizza throughout the interview. I believe that I believe that he wouldn't budge on ingredients costs, and that this was a problem for the higher ups there and basically they put him through the sensitivity training and at one point they basically like ask him like do you know like what's basically appropriate like language to use regarding like so they were baiting him is his side one yes and so he was like well colonel sanders would call people the n-word and instead of the n-word he said 
the word. I mean, but that that is problematic. Like, and, I've well, never no, said that word in my life. It is 100% like, problematic. Yeah. So I mean, at the same time, it was also 100% a coup. And within an hour of him saying that in the HR meeting, yeah, like that was supposed to be a sensitivity training for every employee of the company. It was a very daft move on his part. He does he does say that like, you know, in his part of the country where he lives, it's not uncommon to go to a dinner and someone will drunkenly say that word and he's like I'm the first person to stand up and leave when someone does that. So I think like there's also a thing where he was saying like I wouldn't use that word. Yeah. But in the process of doing so, he said that word. Right. And so they basically like fired him um because they were able to kind of I think what it was was like this also happened around the same time as the Jesse Smollett situation. Mm. And so they saw it as this thing where it's like the quote unquote liberals or SJWs or whatever it is you want to say, like they basically use like power against power. Mm -hmm. They were like, oh, Papa John said the N word. And that came from inside, internal at Papa John's. And then the you know the people in the world everyone who cares when someone corrupt or upsetting is running a business is like what the fuck get him out of there and so they were able to use that as leverage saying our shares are taking hits because he said the n-word meanwhile like i sincerely fucking doubt that no one at the papa john's corporation has ever used the n-word like yeah. i sincerely doubt it it seemed like a little bit like entrapment sort of right so i will just say like i also don't know enough and like also i think there's a lot of like you know issues or whatever but if you want to talk about a fucking dynamic ceo like you can't help but sort of fall in love with Papa John over the course of this interview. Okay, because you're check like it out. that is how you become a CEO. He's so quick with numbers; everything's in his back pocket. Like he, he just sold the day after he was on the podcast. He sold like I think a quarter of his shares for sixty five million. He already had four hundred million in the bank. Wow! Like on the low number. Wow. Yeah, so Papa John's doing great, but um, potentially racist, but also corporate people, charming, deceptive, evil. (laughs) Okay, so this movie does a good job of showing, like, basically how much men at this time in particular, I feel like, were, like, man-children, and the wives were expected to both, like, take care of the home, but also be these, like, social queens. Like, you couldn't And just... also, like, keep a tight bod and, like, jazzercise. It was, like, honestly, I have to say, this movie felt like... A lot of misogyny. No, the boiling point of, like, boomer entitlement to right. me. Where I was, like, I understand why, especially, like, female boomers are, like, no, 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 you don't know what we went through. Right. And it's because they met at this, like, interesting intersection where they weren't necessarily allowed or expected to be ceos but they couldn't just be housewives right so they were taking care of these like man children that were raised by depression era parents and like probably dealt with very little and the moms were very hands-on and then the women were expected to sort of like claire huxtable their way up to it right you know which is i think what people loved about the co- the dynamic on the cosby show so much was because there was a real give and take mm-hmm. between the parents there but like what we're seeing here with susan and charles is actually probably more realistic mm-hmm. and why i think so many like boomer women are i think that they have a very valid case although no one should ever want someone to hurt because they hurt you yeah. know what i mean but yeah. i understand like i think they were up against a certain sort of social wall yeah especially in la with the money and everything so 
She says she feels like she's floating. She and Charles have sort of a moment. The kids are being cunty at the breakfast table, and she's like, go to school if you don't want to eat. So she dumps the frosted... (laughs) The frosted flakes or whatever. in the container. I noticed that too. They didn't even pour milk on their cereal. And she's like, I feel like I'm floating out to sea and you won't throw me a life preserver. And he's like, I don't understand why you're so upset. I thought we cleared up the issue of me cheating months ago. So it was recent. Mm. A recent cheat as well. And she's like, he's like, you need to let it go. I did. So (laughs) don't you hate when people do that? Like they've wronged you. And they're like, I let it. I let that go. And you're like. Oh, I'm so glad you let that go. That like, must be so nice. Yeah. That load off. Yeah. You know? Fuck people. I hate that kind of behavior. It's the same kind of person who's like, I'm sorry you feel that way. Like, it's like, no, how about just be sorry for what you did? It's such a non-comment. I hate it. Yeah. That's um, a pet peeve. So self-serving. So Joe tells another cop that there's trace levels of cocaine um, in Paula's system. Not enough to cause a death, but... Is there anything around her doing drugs that would make sense? And he says, all I found was some um, receipts in the kitchen for deposits and withdrawals. That's basically it. But so wait, what about the digital whatever drug? Was that found? Digititis? Yeah. Um, Not mentioned? I don't think digititis was mentioned in this version of it. But it probably was the same thing. Um, I think that they're also like, plus she does coke. Like looking at that. As if that's something that you would need to look into. Like, obviously, Polly does coke. No offense. Um, so, um, Charlene, what's her name? Yeah, Charlene comes bustling into the house. Hello. And Hello. she has her own key to the house. And she's like, oh, what are these cops doing here? And they're like, what the fuck are you doing here? And she's like, oh, I was redoing Paula's living room. She, samples. She has her swatches. Oh, yeah, swatches. So I wrote samples, too. And I forgot, like, swatches. It's like the technical term it's so like of another world to me so um basically they're like is there anything else that we would need to know like what's the com like the connection between jan and paula and she goes well you mean besides susan henshaw and she's like you know what while we're talking i should talk to you about something else she pulls him aside we don't see what's up but um okay so after they talk, uh, Joe rolls up to the dressing room of a store called Moda Sport, and he waits in front of the door like a fucking creep. This would creep me out so bad. Also a hit song in 2018. Moda Sport? Moda Sport. Is that what? Oh. <laughs> sport. You oh, a dork. Shit. Never been a sport. <laughs> that seems very TikTok-y. Is that big on TikTok? I think, think it was Migos. It was like a Migos song. No, I mean TikTok the app. Like, no, I, I know. Feel I like know there'd TikTok. be like a... But TikTok like... I think it was musically when that song came out. Oh, God, those dances. Yeah. Like, these kids are living a fucking paid off life it's because crazy. of TikTok. I'm I like, know. all you did was robot some shit. <laughs> I will have to say, I have more respect for musically kids than I do TikTokers, but totally. that will all change in time. Who's being the boomer now? So, um, she's caught off guard like you would be when you open your dressing room and there's like a man standing there. And he's like, why didn't you ever mention Paula had a tryst with Kevin the lifeguard? And she's like, I really didn't think it was relevant information. All of this is like really causing a clusterfuck in my life, too. Um, And he's like, I know, I know. But we have to talk about a few more things. He doesn't like he's like judges the outfit she's wearing. Apparently, she's paying too much. So then we go to lunch and he shows her the PTA books. And he's basically like Paula's account um, was growing like crazy beyond what alimony would allow for why don't you look over the books? And she's like, I can't do this. This seems like police evidence. And he's like, no, I trust you the most. Why don't you do it? So 
he's like, listen, we're working together. And this seemed to click with her. She was like, oh, oh, we're working together. That's what we're doing. And he's like, she well, loved that. Yeah, I know. It gave I her. I loved it too, you know, like. It gave her purpose. Yeah, like, and and just like speaking of that era and the whole thing and like the role that women were supposed to fill, like I admire that not only does Joe listen to Susan, but like he's giving her some responsibility and like. I'm sure that made her feel really good. Totally. Oh, totally. And also it's ex- like her relief when he says we're working together. It speaks to like that dynamic sometimes when like a guy is like, hey, buddy. Hey, homie. And then you're like, oh, OK, cool. You're not trying to like. Yeah. When you're like, what are what are your intentions? Yeah. And like finally he laid it out like we're working on this. And right. She's like, I've got purpose. Yeah. Everyone wants a job, you know, community. So, So um, he tells her that he has a hunch. Jan was president. Paula was treasurer. Maybe someone was after the whole PTA. She's like, no, that's crazy. And he goes, well, so is murder. So the girls are all at the hair salon. Susan's in the chair. Marty's combing out her hair. God bless her for even being there. Mrs. Mann is under the dryer. The girls are all harassing Susan about why she's getting her hair done if her husband is out of town. And she's like, I'm getting it done for myself. Um, When she leaves. Yeah, that was so weird to me. It's like, oh, you can't look good for yourself. Like, no, they're implying like you're going to go fuck Joe with your new hair. I know. But that like also speaks of like that time. Like, right. You can't just get a blowout to like feel good on your own. Right. And also like any bitch knows like getting your hair done is so much more like if you're getting highlights, if you're doing a whole thing like it is that goes well beyond a day. That's like a a moment in your life. Right. So when she leaves, everyone's like, she's acting weird. And Mrs. Mann puts the dryer over her head to heat up her foils. Within a minute, the dryer starts sparking and she passes out. Patsy and Marty run up to her and they're like, are you okay? And she starts to like blubber out. Does the Mercedes come in baby blue? So they know she's in there. Okay. (laughs) So they all run to the police station to report Susan for attempted murder. Um, And right when they called for Joe, Mrs. Mann's like, oh my God, take my foils out. I don't want to look like an ugly hoe in front of Joe. And so she starts to take out the foils. And of course her hair starts falling out in fucking clumps. Yeah. Um, Good comedy bit. I love that. Um, Julia and Charlene are at an art class with a live nude model. He's a hunky guy, and Julia, for some reason, is the only woman in the class with red clay. Everyone else has, like, gray clay. Yeah. She has red clay, and she's basically slapping. slapping it. She's slapping away. We can hear it all. 52-53 to 54-15. Yours doesn't look much like the model. Is it supposed to? I thought he was just for inspiration. Did you hear what happened to Connie at Patsy's salon today? Oh, yes. Every time I start my car, go home to a dark house, I'm terrified. Think of poor Marty. At least the rest of us have husbands to protect us. <clears throat> Who'd have a reason to kill the whole PTA? Who says someone's after the whole PTA? Susan's detective, for one. Yeah. I got that from the waitress at Stratton's. All I know is I'm not eating or drinking anything. I haven't fixed myself until this whole thing is over. Excuse me, uh, sir? Huh? Hi. Could you just turn a little bit more this way? Please. 
Joan Van Ark has like comedy chops. Like she's fucking funny, dude. She's so funny. Also, what is this odd pairing of like Julia and Charlene? Yeah. Like in what other world would you see these two women in the same room? This is like PTA bitches. Like they're like, we're here for the PTA. They have nothing in common. Their lives just boil down to like they live in the same area and they have money. Totally. And they're bored. But like. I'm really feeling Julia's Grand Canyon sculpture. I know. We were talking about this. I have to say, if I were to buy any of the pieces in that room, I would absolutely buy Julia's. Before. It has the most feeling. You know what I mean? Like, you can, you can really feel that that passion come through with that sculpture. That's an excellent way to put it. It has mm-hmm. a lot of feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe confronts Kevin at the pool and says that he needs to know what's going on between him and Paula. And Kevin admits that they were fooling around, but is there a law against that? Well, come to find out, Kevin, there actually is. Um, <laughs> this boy's a teenager. I did not realize this. We'll find this out later. He is a fucking teenager, and he was screwing around with Paula. Like, I don't know. He says later on that, she, he was really just helping her get some coke or whatever, but I think they were for sure fucking. Yeah, and well, Paula the coke was, was like a the cherry on, rapist. Yeah, the coke was the cherry on top. Like there was other stuff going on for sure. So Chrissy comes to Susan in the living room, and she's like, "I'm not a child anymore, Mom." And she's like, "That's right, you're not." As of last week, <laughs> and, and she goes, "I want to know: Are you and Dad headed for divorce court?" And um, she's like, all of my friends are saying this, that, you know, you and the detective have something going on. And she's like, there's nothing going on. And she's like, well, my friend said that your friend said. She's like, I don't give a shit what anyone around town says. Like, there's nothing going on between me and Joe. Go to your room. Snaps for Susan finally standing up for herself to her little bratty kid. Absolutely. Like, just you can say fuck no to these kids. Mm-hmm. You know, Susan? Mm-hmm. Like, you can absolutely say no. Like, drop the hammer anytime. Get out of this room, you little shit. Now go condition your hair. Yeah, I wish kids being like... <laughs> Get in the fucking car. Like, I know that we were probably, like, verbally abused when we were kids, but, like, there was a lot more power and meaning to it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there's something good about being a little scared. Totally. You know? Um, although I probably, I would probably feel terrible about putting that fear in it in my own child. Like, I appreciated being scared of my mom. I know it did something for me. So Chrissy hates Joe from that moment on. And so she's a little bitch to him when he rings the doorbell. Joe and Susan talk about the books. The books are off, but there's much more money in the account that they thought. Paula just sucked at math. That was the problem. She asks if he's heard from about Mrs. Mann and her incident at the salon. And he says yes. And it's looking more and more like someone's out after the whole PTA. Susan asks why. And he says that maybe someone wants to stop the pool project. Maybe someone wants the land. He says that there's an acre of prime Encino real estate and people have killed for less. Mm, true. Very true. But also it's kind of funny being like prime Encino real estate. I know. All of that like cracked me up because even being from here, I guess I didn't know that Encino was like that spot. No. I didn't know that. And now, by the way, I know we keep referencing Real Housewives, but like so many of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills have moved to Encino. Really? Yeah. And recent, like within the last year, it's like popping. I just know Encino Man. I love that movie. Stephen Myers and I love that movie. I love that movie. I, you know Stephen Myers, so I feel like I can like drop his name. Like I'm always like my friend Stephen, and yeah. no one like has a Toasty. visual to the person. Yeah, like I love Steven. Stephen's the best. I also love Biodome. Biodome's good. Yeah, I'm a real Encino Man purist, so I have yeah. to say. Okay. Um, so we see a scene of um, 
Brendan Fraser. It was coming to me. I couldn't think of his I name. I love Brendan Fraser. He's yeah. in both, right? Yeah, Brendan Fraser's in both. Also, around me too, didn't a story come out that like, or something, like Brendan Fraser took like an odd stance of defense for like an actress or something and like that wound up costing him like like he was on the right jobs. side or the wrong side right side of history no way Brendan Fraser like stood up for some shit back in the day back in the day and, and then like, that's why we don't hear so much from Brendan Fraser anymore oh wow justice for Brendan Fraser yeah um so the phone rings it's for Joe he says that the lifeguard Kevin he's disappeared and we're at the point where not only is Joe getting calls at the house but I'm at the point where I'm like they are so all connected that like someone knows that he's there and they have Susan's number. Like there's no cell phones. So um, we see a scene of him at Julia's house and try to find out what happened. Guys, Julia's house is fucking madness. This is when I knew this movie was like camp, 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 beyond camp. So the guy who plays Julia's husband is sitting in a fucking throne. Julia's like <laughs> they're still very horny. wealthy. She's like bouncing on his knee still, like trying to like, get it but also very upset that her while swatting flies yes while her 25 year old son is missing so let's play 5713 to 5826 my life is bugs bugs got us this house this neighborhood that country club that kevin works at my son isn't embarrassed by what i do for a living detective he knows it's been good to us don't move So you're saying he's never done anything like this before? Done what? Been abducted? Oh, why are we here talking? Shouldn't someone be out there finding my son? Baby, baby. Oh, Harry. We don't know that Kevin's been abducted. What are you saying, Harry? Did he ran off? That's not like Kevin. No phone calls, no contact with anyone who might know something about this. What do you mean, like a ransom note? All right, I'm going to need a list of his friends, anyone he might confide in. Kevin tells us everything. There's nothing he can't talk to us about. His life's an open book. Did he tell you about his connection with Paula Preston? Paula? Or Jan Mayfield? Jan? What do you mean connection? What does he mean connection? That scene with the bugs, amazing. So campy, again. So Marty and Joe are talking about her husband, Frank, that passed away. Very sad shit, okay? And they're walking some sort of, like, I guess, vacant lot that she's trying to sell. Apparently, Frank was killed. No, that's the land where the pool's going to be built. Oh, is that it? Mm-hmm. Um, he was killed in a hit and run, and Marty doesn't work because she needs the money. She's very well off. She works because if you have too much time on your hands, it makes you crazy. So he says that word on the street is that Jan cost her a seven-figure deal last year. And she says it wasn't the first time either. For Jan, doing something like that was considered recreation. But life's too short for grudges. He asks if she killed Jan flat out. And she's like, no. And Paula, no. Paula was her friend. That's the Wait, but doesn't she say, like, I thought about it? Of course. <laughs> but not Paula, because Paula's her friend. I love that. Like, they are never, like, going to stop throwing Jan under the bus. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe meets with Charlene at the tennis club, and she asks him if 
uh, he asks Susan about Paula and Kevin, and he says he went straight to the source and asked Kevin himself. Charlene says that something's going on between a lot of people every day. Hmm. I don't know what that means. They could fool around too if he wants to. Oh, so this is where Charlene is all of a sudden becoming a little bit slutty. Yeah. Um, he basically, she's like, my husband fucks around on me. I could fuck around on my husband. I don't care. Um, and then he's like, so who else slept with Jan? And Charlene's like, well, um, you know, if, if sleeping with Jan is a motive for murder, then I guess Susan has the same motivation. So apparently Susan's husband also slept with Jan. Fuck. This is like when we're learning about it. Charles. So Chad's friends come to the door. It's Halloween. They're all dressed like little punk rockers. And they're like, hey, is Chad here? And she goes, just one more safety pin through his nose and he'll be right there. Um, (laughs) That's like a cute line for her. She has a little joke. I like that for Susan. Chad comes downstairs. and The little boys were cute. It was very like. I love his friends. Yeah. The nostalgia of that whole moment was everything. Um, so she tells Chad that she's going to pretend not to know him that night. And he's like, thanks, mom. So it is a PTA Halloween event that they're going to. And right away, Joe sort of like strolls up to the door as Chad and his friends are leaving. And he's like, you know, what's with this costume? She's like, I'm dressed as a PTA mom. He's like, so why didn't you ever tell me that your husband fucked Jan? And she's like, I didn't think it was something that you needed to know. It was a one-time thing. Fourth of July barbecue. Let's just say that the fireworks weren't just in the sky that night. Um, and he wants to know why she didn't think that was relevant. And she says that she wasn't mad at Jan. It was her husband she didn't expect this from. Mm, cuts deep. Mm-hmm. He tells her that she's making this very hard on him. And it's true. Like, this is like the third time he's like, do you have a huge secret that would absolutely change the course of this case? And she's like, mm, yeah, I've been holding this back. So he's like, listen, I'm going to take you to the Halloween thing tonight. And he, she's like, no, you don't have to do that. All my friends are going to be there. And he's like, yeah, and one of your friends is a murderer. True. Mm-hmm. So we go to the Halloween party. Everyone's talking about the same thing. All the girls are, you know, boom, boom, boom. Who's, who's the murderer? Who's the murderer? Uh, we find out that he was messing around with Paula, with Jan. Wait a minute. Was um, Kevin also sleeping with Jan? So Kevin's still missing. Yeah. Yeah. Was he, you know, piping Jan as well? So this is where I find out Kevin's a teenager. This was a real record scratch for me. Um, Mr. Man is dressed up like Uncle Sam and he's passing out buttons for his campaign. And he encourages the ladies to vote for him because he's fighting for a safer Encino. And she goes, well, we'd settle for a safer PTA. Um, I love Patsy. Jan and Mrs. Man, who's dressed like uh, Betsy Ross, are handing out pins let's play 10411 to 10632 are they getting any closer to finding the killer yet we're making real progress we mrs henshaw mrs mann happy halloween oh we yes ah you're here together strictly business well, of course, of course, and Charles is... In St. Louis. In St. Louis. Don't stop, Connie, please. Mrs. Henshaw, I need you over here for a second. Would you excuse us, please, business? You need my help? Yeah, I can eat both of these. Uh, I hope you like relish. No, or ketchup or mustard, but thanks for the hot dog. My pleasure. Chrissy. Oh, no. Let me have a try. 
Chrissy. Leave me alone. Look, I know. And leave my mother alone. Your mother's just helping me with this case, that's all. Yeah, I've seen the way she's helping you. I've seen the way you look at each other. Your mother is just... She's married. She doesn't need a boyfriend. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Here you go. Blow up some more balloons over there, will ya? Come on, okay, folks. Step right up. Step right up. Good. Okay. Phoebe. <laughs> Mr. Naylor, you startled me. <laughs> Oh, the fair looks like a real success. Such a shame about Mrs. Preston and Mrs. Mayfield. Is your name Mrs. Henshaw? Why, yes, it is. And who are you? I'm the devil. I should have recognized you right off. What's this? This is for you. Good news? It's from a friend of mine. He wants me to meet him in the mystery maze. Oh. Well, that's inside, in the monster manor. Awfully spooky in there. Beep, beep. There's a lot to say about all of this, but I will say my first note was that there's something like with men of a certain age, like I don't need to see them celebrate Halloween that hard. Like the principal in the clown costume doing the beep beep with the clown's nose. I am uncomfortable with it. Yeah. I also want to throw out there, um, no official police business is being done via a little girl dressed as the devil handing you a note. Wait, I'm eating a Girl Scout cookie, but I love when she's like, who are you? And she's like, I'm the devil. This is for you. <laughs> who? I wonder who that girl was that had this. It had to be like the director's daughter or something. I she feel was like. perfect. Yeah, she was great. She was giving me Stassi Schroeder vibes. A young Stassi. Do you know for the sure. line? She's like, I'm I the am devil. the devil. And when don't like, you forget it. <laughs> I think Stassi will work forever. Yeah. You know, I really yeah. feel that way. Like, I feel like she has total, like, TV presenter vibes. I think she did a good job dropping her first book now. <coughs> I think she will definitely. She already has a book deal for her second book. She's doing well with her touring. I think she just put, like, a $1.8 million house in the hills. I don't even watch uh Vanderpump as religiously as I used to but a lot of this has like come to me from friends being like Stassi on like a really nice house I'm proud of Stassi I am too I think like she did great for herself and by the way like if she is it makes sense I would feel more satisfied with the series ending with Stassi being the most successful because I feel like that's what we like have gone on this journey to see totally Stassi's had a total hero's journey totally um so I don't know why Susan, who has all this like rumors about her floating around about her and Joe, is like, you know what? I'm going to go meet this man in a mystery maze. Certainly that's what he wants to do. Um, but of course she goes in there. Of course this is set up. The whole thing was filmed brilliantly. I suggest if you watch this movie, you pay close attention to the fact that like the reactions are always – everything in this movie is about a second off. Like mm-hmm. they cut into the scenes a second early – they like cut to reactions a second later. Mm-hmm. It's very like B movie. Mm-hmm. It's it's really interesting how they do it because they didn't have to do it like that. The movies had been perfected and finessed by the time this was made. Yeah. Um, Even just the dialogue, it's like they're pausing to answer each other. Yeah, a second too long. 
I think it's very B movie. I think it was done intentionally, if I had to guess. Um, so, of course, the note wasn't from Joe. Of course, she walks through the thing. She gets beat over the head. Um, next thing we know, it doesn't kill her, though. Susan and Joe sit on the couch at home. This whole thing, I think, was done to send her a message, basically. Um, she's icing her head, and she he tells her that, you know, he hasn't been able to track down the kid, but the most important thing, the priority is to make sure she's okay. And she's like, oh, I'm a priority, so that's what this feels like. At a certain point, I'm like, Susan, give it a rest. Like, we know no one cares about you. We know you're an underappreciated housewife. Your wife, like, your whole life is rough. Um, and he's like, how are you feeling? And she goes, like, the Ventura Freeway at, during rush hour, nothing's moving. What does that mean? Like, <laughs> things aren't dizzy anymore? or no, Like, there's traffic. No, I know. But when she's like, how do you feel? Nothing's moving. Like, what does that mean? Like, she's stagnant in her... You Okay. Sorry. Her whole last life? Yeah. Okay. I get it. I thought you didn't get her joke. I was like, wait, what? No, I understand. No, I understood the joke. That one's <laughs> clear as day. I just didn't understand. It was almost like, make an LA getting, joke I'm here. I'm clearly getting tired. I'm like, she means it's not moving. Well. We're going to keep We're gonna keep buzzing. Don't worry. So he That's made like her... A, really funny to me, though, that I actually didn't think you got the joke. You know what? Like, stranger <laughs> things have happened. On, it took me... <laughs> two days to figure out that um, Travis ate the sandwich. I was trying to be like, oh, sweetie, you didn't get it. But really, I didn't get it. And like, really like, sweet me. Like, (laughs) that's where I have to give my credit, the credit to Lifetime because oftentimes we wind up in these situations where two people in the room have no idea what just happened. (laughs) And they just like push forward and we're like, all right. Uh, A lot of these movies get by without the audience because the audience doesn't like question it that much. Yeah. Especially during this time, like you wouldn't get to watch a rerun of this for a year and a half. Like this aired once. If you missed it, it was gone. So apparently he made her appreciated it and you just stepped into the world and you accepted it. Uh huh. And if you missed a little bit because you were peeing or you didn't come like back in time from the commercial with your pizza, then it was on you. Yeah, you missed it. So he made her a cup of hot cocoa. This reminds her of how her dad made her hot cocoa. He's like, am I like your dad? She's like, no. Um, He's like, how do you feel about me? She's like, dangerous topic. He's like, my whole life is danger. And she's like, mine's not. Like, listen, this whole last week has been crazy. But I'm like, wait a minute. This has been a fucking week? (laughs) It's been a week since this man came into your... This feels like three months. Two of your friends have died in seven days. Yeah. The funerals alone, like that turnaround on the... Wait, did we skip over the part where she gets smacked in the head no we just passed that this is when she has like this is when she's like oh the venture and that's why i'm like what do you mean nothing's moving like are you not dizzy anymore oh my god or like now okay or like the headache itself isn't moving oh my god okay i just wasn't paying attention i got you okay it's okay um it's getting late we'll keep going so um She's like, I'm going to go. She's like, they so they kiss a little bit. And it's like an, a I long. I liked their kiss. It's very long. They are definitely movie kissing where like she's kissing his chin and like he's kissing like the top of her lip. That's not like there's no lip blocking really happening there. Yeah. Which is like cute because I like that. That's how they had to execute it for one reason or another. Usually it's like one person is married or they're like both so truly disgusted by each other. They can't pull it off. Um, or maybe well, also, like tonguing doesn't look good on camera. It doesn't. But like there's a way to do it, though, like where you don't have to kiss the chin. Like they could have went a little that. Yeah. Somebody was married or someone had like a jealous 
wife or husband. Or, or it was CBS primetime movie of the week. And at right. the time. Too much for TV. Lip locking. Like even I mean, like I don't full. know the art therapy scene. I mean. There's that. You're right. God says so much, you know, it's like the woman's pleasure, you know, it's like we're just cut <laughs> off from that. So um, she's like, I'm going to go to bed. And he's like, listen, I'm worried that the killer is going to come tonight. So I'm going to have a man like sta- be stationed at the house. And she's like, that's the last thing I need. The neighbors are going to think I'm fucking someone. And he's like, oh, no, I'll stay. And she's like, oh. so okay. she's like a little like caught up in this, but also very like thinks it's very sweet. Right. Mm-hmm. But also, I'm like, dude, Joe, like, you're the problem. Yeah. Like, if any of the neighbors are tracking this, they're going to be worried about you. So the kids come home after the kiss, um, and they all go to bed. Um, Joe's sleeping on the couch. Susan's in bed, and she calls up Charles to see if she can get him home. Wait, that's my favorite. I just have to – I, rem- like, really want to talk about this part real quick, and I know we're, like, behind. But my favorite moment from Susan is right after they kiss, and she hears her kids – and she just looks at him and she's just like, she like they just finished kissing and she's just like, I'm over here, so-and-so. Like she just, there's like the unsaid right mm-hmm. there. Like that look that they exchange. Yeah. And just she seamlessly, like she's not even panicked that her kids came through the door. She's just like, this is, that kiss was, that's what I mean about it was magic. Like mm-hmm. it put, it like soothed her and she was just like. Over there, so-and-so, or, like, whatever the fuck she That's says. That's the Julia Duffy of it all, too. Yeah. It's, like, she has this sort of, like, whimsical quality to her. Totally. That's, like, totally, like, that oh, my God, I want to be that girl. Absolutely. Yeah, that abs- got me. For sure. Um, So she calls Charles, and she's, like, I really need you. And he's, like, listen, I'm all tied up with work. And she's he's, like, they stationed someone at the house for me. He's downstairs. Um, you know, I'll be okay for the night. I love you. And he doesn't say I love you back. He's like, give a kiss to the kids and call me if you need anything. And he hangs up the phone like without saying anything. And she looks at the phone like, yeah, I just did call because Mm -hmm. I needed something. So the next morning, the kids are eating breakfast with Joe at the table. And he asks if there's anything. Cereal with milk. Mm -hmm. She's eating a slice of cantaloupe, though. And I love that's like such a I used to eat cantaloupe in the 90s. So he asks her if she thinks that um, you'll need she'll need someone there tonight at the house. And everyone, even Susan, is looking at him like, Joe, like, this is fucking out of hand. Like, I wrote in my notes, like, does he not have, like, a plant to water in North Hollywood? Like, go home. Yeah. Like, for at least 15 minutes. So Charles comes home, like, right when all this is happening, and the kids call for him in the kitchen. And Susan greets him, greets him very warmly, although she is, like, obviously knows something He's not going to love this. And um, he stops dead in his tracks when he sees that Joe is there, too. And his thing is kind of like, what does this man want? And Joe, like, basically inserts himself and is like, hey, listen, I didn't think it was safe to leave the family at the house last night. You know, given all that's what's happened, you're not here. And Susan's like, listen, you know, you should go, Joe. And he's like, no, I want to stay and settle this with Charles. Like, I want him to know that this is cool. And she's like, I can handle it best, which escalates the whole situation to me. I'm like, y'all, like, you don't communicate. Yeah. So once Joe's gone, Chad goes, the killer tried to get mom at the fair last night. And Chrissy's like, yeah, and her boyfriend wasn't there to protect her. Chrissy, fuck off. Okay. Go condition your hair for the last fucking time. And also, like, realize where the money train is coming from, bitch. <laughs> like, if your parents get divorced, like, 
Yeah. You know, divorce seems fun when you're like, I get two houses. But, like, you know, you really don't. Yeah. So Charles is silently fuming um, when they're alone. And he's like, she's like, listen, it was a PTA carnival. We weren't on a date. If like, we were doing something, we would go to the same pool house you and Jan fucked in. Yeah. Of course, I'm taking liberties here. Yeah. And um, Charles is like, you know what? If you're trying to be like, are you trying to say that, like, you would actually sleep with Joe? And she's like, you know what? Maybe I did. Maybe I've been getting something from him that you don't give me at all. It's not about sex. It's about the way you make me feel. It's about feeling important and interesting. And when I talk, he listens to me. So this is like the Chris Watts thing all over again. This is the bottom line I've figured out for almost all affairs besides one, your partner is rotten. Like, unless your partner is a rotten human Mm -hmm. and there's just something wrong with them, it seems like 99.9% of affairs are born out of two people where one doesn't feel special anymore. Right. And they're not getting that attention that a person craves from their loved one, and they seek it elsewhere. Yeah. I don't know what Charles could be missing from Susan, but for some reason that happened. But with Susan, I totally see that. I'm like, I could absolutely get why you would run away with that. I mean, maybe like to go back to one of the earlier scenes when Charles makes the comment about, like when Susan's like, well, I spend time with the kids, and Charles is kind of like, He's really offended by that. Maybe what he's not getting from Susan is like maybe he feels like he's out there traveling, working really hard, and he feels a little unappreciated. Like because Right. You he's know, like, like, I'm out earning. Yeah, he's like, I'm earning. I don't have time to also know what like subjects in school Chrissy is like fucking not studying. Like maybe it's a little bit of that. However, that totally doesn't justify in any way the way he treats Susan or his affair. Like he's still a douchebag. And if you think about it, Jan's exactly the kind of woman that doesn't give a shit where her money is coming from. And in reality, like she's on PTA because she's raising Paula's kid. Right. You know, like I love thinking that Paula and her are like both on this PTA But neither are that good mothers to the son. Right. He tells her that he's sorry for what happened with Jan, but there's no way to take that back. She can either believe him when he says he's sorry and it will never happen again, or she can keep using this as a wedge to keep the marriage apart. It's her call. Tough. Tough but fair. Yeah. Like, at a certain point, that has to be enough. Mm -hmm. I I personally wouldn't call it here, but who knows what they've been through before this movie started. So next up, we get a little action. Who knows what they've been through before last week? Oh, no. (laughs) Joe, um, we get a little action with Joe. He goes into the locker room at the club and starts sniffing around for something. All of a sudden, a shelf full of equipment gets thrown on him. And then we see a runaway, like a guy run away from behind it. He's got flowing blonde hair and a clear mask on. It's obviously our boy Kevin. Yeah. Casper Van Dien. So Joe chases him out of there, through the parking lot, down a hill, into some bushes, out of the bushes, into a field. And then Joe tackles him right before they get to, like, the green where you golf. And he goes, that was really dumb, Kevin. And Kevin's like, how'd you know it was me? Um, And so he goes, next time you want to play kidnap, don't leave a wet razor in your locker. I guess Kevin's wet razor was in his locker. He's, like, showering and living in the locker room. Not a bad idea. Yeah. So he tells him that he'll tell him whatever he wants about him and Paula. After, but And after some prodding, he brings up the coke. And Kevin says he wants a lawyer. And Joe's like, listen, I want answers. People's lives are at stake. I don't give a shit about some coke. 
Um, and Kevin admits that he did give Paula the plug for the coke, but he doesn't know anything about the murders or Jan. Also, like, Joe's totally not following the law. Like, when Kevin said, I want a lawyer, like, he technically can't talk to him anymore. Absolutely not. Yeah. Like, especially he's a minor. Absolutely. He can't even be talking to him about this period. Like, I would argue that Kevin should sue Joe. Maybe that's what happened in the series that we never saw. <laughs> like, if this went to series, maybe this would be a long lawsuit. Um, so Joe notices a tray behind Kevin with all those little, like, containers that hold sweeteners and sugars at a restaurant. Um, Do people use those still? The sweeteners? Yeah. I feel like people, maybe if for their coffee or whatever, I feel like that is something that always surprises me when I'm like, can I get you a coffee? And someone's like, yeah, two equals. I'm like, you drink yeah. equal? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I think, I don't know. That's a boomer thing, I feel like, also. It is a little boomer. It's also like, I don't know. I, I'm also one of those bitches that like, I will drink like a splash of milk in my coffee, but coffee is coffee. Totally. Like, I, don't I didn't want sweet coffee. It tastes like melted pudding to I'm me. I'm not like a pump in my Starbucks situation. No way. No. Yeah. By the way, that's the default. Like everywhere, they're like, "Oh, like four pumps." I'm like, "Dog, no, absolutely not." Mm-hmm. Um. So, so he's like, "What is the deal with these like sugar packets or whatever?" And he's like, "Every customer has a table that they prefer, and every table has a number. So we sort of stack the preferences for each customer in their little sugar dish or whatever." Um, and so he's like, so basically all someone would need to do to get a packet to Paula is to doctor the packet and slip it into her thing. He's like, yeah, pretty much. So the girls are getting ready at the locker room and exercise class. And Julie is saying that she's so glad Kevin's back, but she's going to kill him. Um, she trails off as Susan walks in and they're all silent. And Marty's like, listen, you know, none of us really believe that you're the killer. If Jan was alive, they would all think it's her. And Patsy's like, but she's not. Charlene says that the pool project is still happening. Susan says that the, you know, the pool project keeps coming up and somebody must not want it to happen. It is true. Like the pool project would have been forgotten if people didn't just keep being like, well, the pool project. So apparently, like, they've been arguing about this pool thing for so long that no one can remember who was initially against it. And then they say, but you know who would have the answer is Mrs. Mann because she keeps it in her minutes. So Susan runs off. At the station, Joe looks through the criminal records of all the ladies. Okay, so... This is big, guys. Pay attention. This is fucking big. And then I think... After this scene, we're going to hear a scene of Susan coming to Mrs. Mann's house, 117.50 to 120.28. Hit and run. What does this have to do with the PTA murders? Marty Hallard's husband was killed a couple years ago. Uh, Parking ticket stacking up on Julia Alberts. Oh, hardened criminals you're dealing with. Shoplifting? What is this? Charlene Voss. This is all a big mistake. Isn't it always driving under the influence, I see. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Paula Preston had a drinking problem. No, this one is a Connie man. Connie man? She doesn't drink. Maybe not anymore, but three years ago, watch out. Let me see the Hallard file. Yes, sir, well. Frank Hallard was killed at... 913. Connie Mann was picked up on a DUI 937 the same night. 
My notes? Would you mind? They'd be a major help. No, no, come on in. It'll just take me a second. Would you mind if I get myself a glass of water? You know what? I'll get it for you in a minute. My kitchen's a mess. You haven't seen mine lately. I told you oh. I'd get it for you. I just didn't want you to have to wait on me. Just leave that stuff. I said just leave it. My recipe. Connie, this is my recipe for crab sandwiches. Yes. Well, I guess I was the only one that knew your old family recipe was really an old TV guide recipe. What are you doing with it? And what are you doing with that? This episode of Mother May I Sleep With Podcast is brought to you by Best Fiends. Is anyone else having a hard time hunkering down and focusing on an entire movie or book right now, but still desperate for a break from your work-at-home situation? If you're anything like me, you'll love my go-to mental palate cleanser, the mobile puzzle game Best Fiends. Best Fiends is a game anyone can play right on your phone. You don't need to be on Wi-Fi to access it, so you can play anywhere. Your bedroom, your living room, the kitchen, the bathroom, even whatever areas of your yard you're still allowed to go in while social distancing. Oh, and of course, when all of this is over, you'll also be able to play it on planes, in waiting rooms, etc. Are you stuck in the same pattern of scrolling through social over and over again? Stop that. Play Best Fiends. Bringing a fun puzzle game into the fold right now is exactly what you need. It's really cool because you go through all these different levels solving challenging puzzles that actually engage your brain, but at the same time, it's casual. Anyone can play and it's really fun. I just made it to level 50 and I only started a couple weeks ago. The game is also visually stimulating with its bright colors and cute characters. And Best Fiends updates the game monthly with new levels and events so it never gets old, which is super clutch right now. It's a great game to engage your brain with fun puzzles, and did I mention you get to collect tons of cute characters too? Best Fiends is a five-star rated mobile puzzle game on the Apple App Store and Google Play, and you can download it for free. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. The way she holds the gun. (laughs) Fucking iconic. Yeah. Like, this is like, it's camp, camp, camp. Camp, yeah. So Mrs. Man killed Marty's husband. She's been secretly drinking at home this whole time. Her kitchen is a hoarder's fantasy suite. It is. And I have to wonder what's going on there. Like, I do think it's like a little bit because like these people are also so super fucking wealthy that like they should have full time maids. Yeah. Um, But maybe it goes off like a bomb like that every afternoon. And so twice a week, it's it's a disaster. It seems like she had like 15 pieces. I think they're just running a campaign. I mean, 
Yeah, it it seemed like a lot of mail, so I could see that. No one's tending to anything. It but just like, seems like the pro- like why why do you need to stick your hand in the trash can to look at? Because it's an open trash can. Because she just smelled the liquor in the cup on the counter. And I know, so- but like you can look and be like, oh, that's a vodka bottle. You don't have to like put your hand in the trash can and like pick it up because it's right on top. You know what I mean? Probably like just director wise like the director probably had her do it that way so that no, she was I know. fully disarmed yeah no i agree why are you going very through like trash? very like actually i was about to say it seemed very unsusan like but no she is that mom that will get messy and never mind i take that all back susan would put her hand in the trash can and like check on the bottle i mean i think most of us would like who it's like an open- i wouldn't Oh, I would like I would absolutely touch the top thing on a trash can and be like if I was like if I had a like suspicion, I would absolutely do that, especially because this what this does when she finds the liquor in her kitchen is it shakes up everything she knows about Mrs. Man. Right. Everything she knows about her is a lie in that moment. Yeah. All of this stuff is going on, and for some reason, I am more disgusted by the fact that Susan lied about the fucking crab sandwiches being a family recipe. Yeah. Not even because it's from TV Guide, which is gross, but, like, crab sandwiches seems like something you needed to be, like, indoctrinated into. Like, you, it, that needed to be a part of your blood. Yeah, you can speak to this because you're, you know, a Northeasterner or... Yeah, we don't really do crabs up there, but like I will say that like we do like clam bakes and shit like that. Clams, lobsters, like definitely seafood. Crabs, I feel like are more like south. Oh, okay, eastern. <laughs> but um, I really want to go to Nantucket. <laughs> that's the Maryland of it all. Um, no, yeah, in Nantucket you'll get fantastic lobster. It's like the best seafood. All my friends are like, why do you always like order like? Because to most people, like lobsters, like really extravagant. And to me, I'm like, no, like I would, I pay for this, like I would for a steak. Like this is something you spend money on. But they're like lobster. Like I wouldn't even like, I wouldn't even like think to order lobster. And I'm like, no, it's like the best thing. And if it's not too pricey, like why wouldn't you get it? It's like so delicious. It's not super filling. Crabs are the least filling. Like food I've probably ever eaten for the work that you put into it mm-hmm. is it's a lot to crack a crab. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so she got this crab recipe like a fucking Arizona ass bitch. She got this crab sandwich recipe from <laughs> where's TV the water guide. Like, are you kidding me? So Charles drives to the police station to confront Joe. Wait, great point. Like it's a family recipe and you're from Arizona. Yeah, no, doesn't check. I mean, also, like, crab meat totally comes in cans, but, like, I, like, what Arizona society is, like, Her handing out. Her like, imitation crab. Also very, like, of that era. Oh, totally. You go to the deli and get that imitation crab. On a mini Seafood croissant. Louis. Seafood Louis on a homemade croissant. Oh, yeah. No, I don't do that. <laughs> like, me I'm either. very picky about seafood to the point where it's, like, I don't eat sushi because I kind of don't know where, I don't know where it came from. And, like... One moment that really, like, is in my head seafood-wise is, like, when we went on our first Hello Giggles trip to Bonnaroo, and I had, like, all these girls with us, and all of them were like, let's get sushi. And I was like, we just took an airplane from LAX to Tennessee. We have to drive two hours to a campground, and you bitches want to get sushi 
in Tennessee, I was like, no fucking way. Like, I was like, I'll go hungry. I don't think I ate that day because I was like, no way am I getting sushi in Tennessee. Did they all get sick? No. Oh. But I guess they're just gamblers like that. For me, like, I need to know where that shit came from. I stopped eating fish recently. So I already haven't, I didn't eat meat for like, I don't know, seven, eight years now. I thought you were vegan for the longest time. Your Ryan's vegan. Yeah. yeah. Ryan's vegan and I was always like a pegan. Like I ate fish and, you know, no dairy, no meat, whatever. But I watched the new Harry Styles video for Adore You, which is a an amazing piece of cinema. It's like not just a music video. I have to tell you, I don't have a relationship with Harry Styles. You I will now. No you will now. Him. You will watch this music video and fall in love with him and also not want to eat fish. I think he's so cute. I just don't have any it, like interest in exploring. Maybe I need to get over it. I'm a big fan of like pop stars. Like get, I'll get on board with any pop star. He's a pop star. He is a rock star, like pop star. female pop stars. Like, male pop stars. Not, and Sean Mendes, no interest. I know they're talented. I, I have just, no interest in Sean Mendes either. Harry Styles is... He's breakaway. He, he's amazing. You Watch the video for Adore You, and you, but it might make you not want to eat fish anymore. Do you think he's our David Bowie? Mm. With his gender fluidity? That's a stretch. Um, I mean, I think he could grow into that. Yeah, I think he's got a lot going on. He has, like, a surprising amount of respect from, like, a huge, wide-ranging amount of people. Because he's I a great musician. He's really It's really hard to make that leap from boy band to serious for musician. For sure, for sure. His sound has really evolved. His style has evolved. The way he's got great comedic timing. I mean, I think he's a star. No question. Yeah. He was very funny on SNL. Yeah. Do I think he's this generation's David Bowie? I mean... That watermelon sugar thing did nothing for me. That song's all right. Watch the video for Adore You. Adore You. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Adore You by... um. Is it Neo? <laughs> Oh, Let Me Love You? Yeah, Let Me Love You. Different song. Okay, fuck. You know what I'm talking about, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Um, so Joe, no, that's um, a different, we'll get into it later. This is a separate, we'll text. Um, So Charles confronts Joe at work as Joe's about to get in the car to drive to Susan's workout class to tell her about the updates that like, oh, guess what, Marty Marty's husband was killed by Mrs. Mann. And Joe, and he's like, stop talking to my wife. And Joe's like, listen, I really got to like solve this murder case. And he's like, yeah, my just solve the murder case and get out of our lives. And he's like, yeah, I'm about to go fucking solve the murder case. I'm going to go meet your wife at her workout class. Charles like, how do you know my wife's at workout class? And he's like, well, why do I know that? And like, why do I know that? And you don't. And he's like, fuck. And it almost takes Joe pointing that out for Charles to kind of finally get it. It is a huge come to Jesus moment yeah. for him. He's yeah. like, oh, I get it. I think because it's like man to man. Like Susan's been screaming this for the entire week. But like now that like Joe, another dude is pointing it out, Charles is really taking it to heart. That's what almost like fucking pisses me off because I'm like, why do you have to have she said it? Mm-hmm. She said like you don't know your own children and their fucking pathological lying ways and mm-hmm. like, you know, mm, whatever. So we're going to go back to Mrs. Mann's kitchen and find out her um, motive for these murders. Charles does get into Joe's car and drives with him. She's still got the gun on Susan when we see this. 121.31 to 122.04. You killed Jan and Paula? Why? Well, Paula and I were old drinking buddies. You don't drink? No, not in public. 
bad for the candidate's image, especially the way I drink. Unfortunately, one night halfway through a bottle of scotch, I told Paula something no one else in the world knew. I, I don't need to know it. Boy, talk about your odd couple. Has anyone seen Susan? What? She was here earlier. We, we've got to find her. I can't believe that, like, I didn't even realize that that was Shirley of Laverne and Shirley. That, because <laughs> her comedic timing is brilliant, especially when she's like, I thought you didn't drink. And she's like, mm, not in public. <laughs> like, that is such a, like, fucking bomb-ass answer to that question. But secondly, like, her delivery is flawless thirdly i love the way she's holding the gun yeah (laughs) but like because it's a little like pistol and like there's nothing threatening about a pistol except you know there's bullets in it but like i feel like she was tired on set because she would have to like hold that position for a long time mm -hmm. so she's just like okay i'm gonna like bring my arms in so i don't have to like extend them yeah (laughs) i mean it is a bullet in a contained kitchen so it's like, you don't really have to try that hard. Yeah. She's shooting five feet, maybe. Yeah. Joe and Charles come back into the, they come bursting into the ladies' gym. And the girls are like, Susan took off to Mrs. Mann's house because she has a lead. And Charles is like, what? She's the killer. So Charles is not, he doesn't, he doesn't understand protocol. Yeah. And once they get in the car, uh, Joe's like, you know, um, that's not the way you handle that. And Charles is like, so I'm a bad cop. Kick me off the force. Well, how do you know about Mrs. Man anyway? Meanwhile, all the girls are getting into Julia's Roach King van and they take off behind them. Um, Joe tells Charles that he put together that she was the one who hit Frank Hallard with her car when she was drunk. She was the killer this whole time. Dun, dun, dun. Paula found out and she's been blackmailing her. And that's where all of Paula's money is coming from. Makes such good sense. Juicy. I wonder if Mr. I mean, and that's why Mr. Man's like bummed on the like pool money situation because they're going broke because they're having to pay off Paula. Oh, shit. I didn't even put that together. Back in Mrs. Man's kitchen, Susan tries to negotiate uh, a bit with her. And, and also I, maybe that's why they can't afford a maid and they have a hoarder's kitchen. Probably. <laughs> um, I mean, I have a maid and my mail is fucking everywhere, but I also live alone. I'm not raising children. and I don't intend to. You know what I mean? Mail is a big trigger for me. Like, I just wish it would never come. That's my thing. I literally say to my accountants, I'm like, stop sending me shit. Like, yeah. there is nothing that you have that I want. Yeah. Like, I don't want it. I like, know. my my family, God bless them. Like, but also, like, I have such a hard time when someone sends me something. Like, I have a really like. I had to. Th- my aunt sent me a Valentine's Day card the other day. That's sweet. And I threw it out, and and it was a big moment for me because I was like, I can't believe you're doing this. Like, I can't believe your auntie Sarah took the time. Your godmother took the time to send you a Valentine's Day card and you're throwing it out. Well, you read it, you enjoyed it, and then I you know, toss it. but I just feel bad. I mean, maybe you shouldn't have thrown that one away, but other things you can throw away. Honey, I have Christmas cards from 2017 that I can't throw away. Okay. That I'm just like, oh. Then I'm actually proud of you. That was a big step. It was a big step. Yeah. I'm hard. I have a hard time letting go of memories. Right, I And I'm also always afraid that I'm throwing away, like, a government ID. Right. I understand. We're going to watch a scene, but I want you to think about, do you think about what you would say to someone if they have a gun on you and how you would humanize yourself to them? Think about it. Okay. We're going to play the scene. One twenty three fifteen to one twenty four forty. Okay. So, you took the poison. Ah, 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 ah. So thirsty. 
poison sandwich to the luncheon. Planning to give it to Paula. I used your recipe. You know, that's a lot of work. <sighs> Tell me. I couldn't stop you without drawing attention to myself. And besides, it was for Jan. I figured it was a community service. So while everyone was looking for a connection between the murders, there wasn't one. And Connie saw my involvement with Susan as a threat. I never would have really hurt you, Susan. Not before this, anyway. I can't risk ruining Steve's election chances. I won't tell anybody. I don't believe that. What if I promise not to tell anyone until after the election? Mm, no. Sorry. I have to kill you, Susan. Please understand. You know, the kids will be coming home from school soon. And you wouldn't want them to walk in on that. I mean, with all the blood to clean up and everything. She's a quick little thinker. Very quick. I mean, for... I, mean, I just love it. She's like, I have to kill you, Susan. <laughs> I mean, there's so much going on here. I can't imagine killing all these people and not wanting to confess to your final victim what you've done. Yeah. That's got to be something. <laughs> and also something that we don't talk about enough. Like, when there's, like, serial killers or whatever and it's the end of the line, we don't talk about how many of them probably tell these people all these horrific things before they do the deed. Oh, God. You know? Like, they yeah. just have to get it off their chest and then, like, leave their secrets with that person. Ugh. Terrible. But like, I don't know what's worse, like getting murdered or like hearing all that information before you're about to die. Probably the combo. Yeah. <laughs> probably the combo. <laughs> I mean, the good thing about being murdered, I think, is that you kind of don't. Over. <laughs> yeah, you kind of don't know anything after that. Like, <laughs> I always like think like, oh, does it hurt to die? And I'm like, well, the good side is that once you're dead, you, you don't have to deal with it. Right. But who knows? You know, but Susan's not dying today, folks. I have to tell you this. I think about this a lot. If someone had a gun on me, how would I kill time? How would I negotiate? Because I'm always like, mm, just shoot me. But I know <laughs> I have like a surprisingly strong will to live that right. like has what shocked even me. I've got a gun on you right now. I'd probably just try and start a conversation. <laughs> I really would. I'd be like, so why do you feel like you have to do this? I'd be like, you know, I have to get home to my dog. Like, what's going to happen to my dog? Like, I would start to try and throw out things and be like, isn't your mom going to be disappointed in you? Like, where's your family? So like, you'd pull a Susan because that's kind of what she was doing. She was completely calmly talking through that. Yeah, I'm proud of Susan for that moment. I When I was younger, I would always think, like, you're not going to get... I would always be like, okay, if someone held a gun to you, be like, you're not going to get away with this. Too many people care about me. There's no way that, like, you're going to kill Shauna McAleer's daughter and, like, get away with it. Mm -hmm. No way. Um, but now I think I, I really don't have any stakes except for trying to be like, listen, I have a dog, okay? Yeah. And, like, I'm, I honestly won't tell on you. 
Like, I'm a fucking grave of secrets. Like, I know so much shit. Um, and I honestly, I forget it. So, like, you know. I think that's the way to go these days. Yeah. yeah. Like, I can't even remember something room to room. Like, mm-hmm. I could go to start laundry in one room, and then the phone rings, and then I'm gone. <laughs> then that laundry won't get done. for. That's how Mrs. Mann's kitchen wound up like that. She might be a real mouse type. Um, but I also will say, the other thing that I was thinking about the kitchen is that her husband has no he's no help like right people normally have help you know what i mean right like someone else to like do something yeah i don't know whatever anyway so mrs man and susan take off in mrs man's garage um this is in her car so the three of them are now chasing each other charles is and charles and joe are chasing susan and mrs man and julia and the girls are chasing all of them it's a wild ride. Susan's whipping around the streets of the valley. I will say that Joe is very bad at chasing, mm-hmm. just from everything I know. And he did the same thing with Kevin. He took a very, like, followed him in his footsteps with no intuitive sort of, like, okay, he's going, he's zigging, I'm going to zag. Like, right. he doesn't do any of that. Um, so Mrs. Mann has the brilliant idea to distract them all by pulling into a car wash to lose them. I actually thought this was kind of smart. Really smart. Um, and they're rolling through it and then Charles and Joe see what they're doing and they, they get out of the car. Charles decides to just walk through the car wash. The most romantic moment of the entire movie. Do you think? I do. When he's covered in the suds and he's like, I love you. I love you. Like he's like. Come on. It's such like a brute force boner. Like, like just freaking, I'm dumb. Like, that's my girl. <laughs> I know. I liked it. That's yeah. like the best he can do. You no, know what you're I mean? right. He's an animal. Yeah. Um, Mrs. Mann has absolutely lost her fucking shit um, when, they, when Joe stops like the... Actually, he goes, please don't. I, in fact, I wrote it down because I love oh, that We're going to so play the scene. Don't worry. Right. Joe stops it in its tracks. And like there, she's like, oh, fuck, we're stopped. And so she's like, get out of the car, Susan. Um, <laughs> let's play 126.27 to 128.06. And just remember that at the end of this, the wild noise you hear is the roach flying off the top of Julia's car into, I guess, the car wash. All right. Out of the car. Out of the car. You're kidding. Out of the car, I said. Get out. Out of the car. Get out. Out. Okay, this way. Out. Come on, come on. Over here. Come on. Come on. Hey, Charles. Charles, come out of there. Charles. She's got a gun. Get back! Susan! Get back! Get back or I'll kill her! I swear I will! I don't want to, but I will! Please don't! Please don't! Susan means everything to me! You can't shoot her! All right, then I'll shoot you! Get back! I mean it! Get back! Do what you have to! I won't let you hurt Susan! Do you really mean that? I love you! Harry's gonna kill me! Oh, look at it! No, 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 it's all a messy mess! 
Oh, it's so it's a wonderful life, like hugging in the snow with the snow falling down around them. Oh, my God. Totally. It's, See, isn't this more romantic? You're right. It is a little romantic. I will say that the first time I watched this movie, I thought she said, oh, Joe, I love you, too. But she said Charles. Charles. Um, yeah. And so I was like, oh, fuck. Does she does she know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I love about this. It is romantic. It is sweet. I guess I can't say that for me it would be enough to reel me back in. I'd be like, this is a broken marriage. I mean, he risked his life. He went into the car wash covered in soap suds. That's very un-Charles. Like, he freaked out over mustard on his sleeve. Like, that's a big step for him. I guess. But, I mean, his wife has been standing at gunpoint in the fucking kitchen of a local politician for the last (laughs) hour and a half. Like, as far as I can tell. Yeah. But. But you know what? Listen, I'll say, why ruin a family? Right. Um, I And the, Joe realizes that, too. Joe realizes it, too. I think it's painful for him. I do. I think it's... I feel very bad about this whole scene for Joe because I'm invested in them. Mm-hmm. But I think that's where the series would be to pick up. Um, but I love that Julia driving in to the, <laughs> the lot. She goes to the girls, I know how to do this. I'm like, yeah. Julia, no, you don't. You don't know how to do this. Like, that's something I would say. Like, when I tell Sammy, I'm like, oh, I'll fucking kick their ass. Like, no, I won't. Like, I absolutely <laughs> will not. Like, I would never say that to someone's face. I absolutely could not follow through on that. Um, but she's just like, and then she gets all upset about her roach. I, I don't know. I thought it was. Um, this the is roach kind of saves the day. It's a great movie. It's a great fuck. I'm, Shout out to whoever like designed those props and designed the roach and the whole mechanism of it like flying off the car. Like, when we're doing our rating, I'm going to look a little bit more into some of these things while we start to piece stuff out. But I let's just end the movie really quick because we're almost at the end. Um, basically, from there. Then fucking Susan takes it upon herself to inform Marty that Mrs. Mann was the one who killed her husband. And Mrs. Mann's like talking to Joe and she's like, is there any way we don't have to tell my husband about this? And it's like, no, bitch. Like, this is like a triple homicide. (laughs) You're going to jail. And let me tell you what, your husband's not getting on the city council. Um, This is all for the fucking city council. It would be a nice charity, though. (laughs) Like, it would be a nice little chair. Well, it's about more than that. I mean, Paula was blackmailing her with a murder. Yeah. Which is, by the way, gruesome. Mm -hmm. And by the way, you know has happened. It's like there's at least... I would say probably a thousand Americans who are living this truth that like they know someone who killed someone with a car and it was like and they're keeping quiet about it. Yeah, that's sad. It's like, I don't know, someone killed my cousin James's dog like a few years ago, like just driving down the street and we know it had to have been a neighbor because like their neighborhood's really small and it was like someone just like who was probably used to living on the street and so they felt like they could go 65 in a 15 mile an hour area and the dog got hit and they came out and no sign of who did it. And like, it's a dog. You don't call the police. You know what I mean? Cause someone's so sad. And I'm just like, someone there knows who did it. Yeah. And they just live their lives knowing that they did it. And that's a dog. Like, I feel like this, especially in certain parts of the country. Do you remember the bachelor, um, Chris, um, What's his name who killed a man on a tractor? Wait, you know what's weird? I've only watched one season of The Bachelor in my life, and I think it was this guy, the farmer guy. Yeah. 
when did he killed it after, after he, he killed won? he yeah after that he was uh driving down the road because he was from iowa and he hit a neighbor that was driving a tractor oh, no. and it was an older man and like out there you know there's only like 12 families like that was sort of the plot of the show it's like do you want to move to the town with 12 families and it was like Chris's family was like the very wealthy. He was like very popular in town. And like, I guess the kids went to high school with him and they were never friends, but they knew each other, which says a lot mm. when you're not friends with someone, but you all know each other. Yeah. And like when there's not that many people in your town. And he killed their dad. And well, obviously not intentionally. Not intentionally, but he was drunk. Oh, shit. And then he they found a bunch of open containers in his car, but he went inside his house and like basically resisted arrest. Like he waited out being arrested because like they can't arrest you or yeah, they can't arrest you in your own home. Like he was basically trying to like piss it out or yeah, he was trying to like buy time. Oh my God. And so they weren't able to get him on a DUI. And um, so then what like, I think that he settled essentially with the family. Like, I think he got like community service and like, no, I don't think he even got charged like that. Oh, wow. I don't even think he got charged like That's all terrible. that. I think he probably, I mean, his family, there's a lot of money in agriculture. Like, by the way, like, <laughs> completely taking a left turn. I'm like, there's a lot of money in agriculture. <laughs> um, you know, like when I say that sentence, I am 20 miles off my road. But yeah, um, yeah, so I'm assuming that they just settled out of court and like there because that family had a lot of money to throw at things. That's but so sad. I knew he was a murderer at heart. I always knew that. Um, <laughs> I did from the moment I saw him. So a while later, um, I guess like 50 or so people are standing in a field around like a what do you call it? I wrote a claw machine, but I know that's wrong. It's like a truck that has a claw on the front of it. It's like for construction like a cherry picker oh no the claw kind yeah um you guys if you could just see the hand motion i'm doing you would understand (laughs) what i mean by that but it's like dirt it's yeah it's like a digger digger truck yeah um so one of those things is there and the whole like town is around this thing and basically it's a groundbreaking ceremony for the fucking pool thank god one thing came of this we can have some nice non-japanese athletes for once So Susan is handed the shovel and she says, it's taken a lot of work, but we're here today to finally make it official from your PTA, from all of us. I give you the Jan Mayfield Memorial Swimming Pool. She can barely say Jan Mayfield Memorial Swimming Pool without having so much hatred in her heart. I know. Like after everything she's gone through, she still hates Jan. You would think that she'd be a little bit humbled and like we've lived maybe through a lot. have some empathy for Jan. But no. So she breaks ground and everyone applauds. Then Mr. Naylor, the creepy principal clown guy, comes forward to say a few words. Um, he starts in a long speech. And then Susan runs to Charles and the kids who are like, you did amazing. And they're like, and I'm like, oh, the whole happy family is together to applaud mom for saying two sentences in public. So she gives Charles a kiss. And then she sees that what's-his-face Joe is standing at the bottom of the hill watching all this. Lurking. Same way he was with the funeral. Mm-hmm. And he's like, congratulations. Um, you're the best partner I've ever had. And she goes, I'm the only partner you've ever had. And he goes, true. But you spoiled me for anyone else. And he says, be happy okay and she says you too so what's next for you and he goes another murder know anything about the opera 
titles. Okay, this was supposed to be a series. Absolutely, you're and right. And they were 100% going to do their next thing at the opera. Yeah. If not a movie series, then at least like... a like, limited series. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is how like Lori Laughlin was living off garage sale mystery money forever. Right. Like, can you believe that there was a, sh- a movie series called Garage Sale Mysteries and that I wasn't watching it? Because, like, that to me is like <laughs> that, that is all your boxes. That is one so up my alley. Garage sales, mysteries, full house. I'm there. Okay, so Eden McGeeden, we play a game. <laughs> We play our whole game is this. This is our final episode of season five. And this is how we round out the whole thing. Okay. What's your favorite movie, like, all-time Oscar-winning, like, maybe not Oscar-winning, but just, like, to you, the peak of cinema? And it can't be the movie you did with Morgan Fairchild. (laughs) It's definitely not. Um, Oh, man, I wish I was prepared for this question. Although we will rent that movie. Um, I'm going to go on the iTunes store right now. Make a quick perch. Like what genre? Like in this campy genre? What's like the movie that okay, takes stick- your fucking breath away? Okay, I'll just stick to like a campy, campy vibe because I do love this movie so fucking much. I'm going to go with Party Monster. Okay, a great call. Okay, great call. The way this works is like five is the most lifetimey of lifetime movies. Think in the depths of Tori Spelling, Mother May I Sleep With Murder, mm-hmm. dark, lifetimey shit. Mm-hmm. We're going against Party Monster to the extreme of cheap lifetime, getting it done, hour and 27 minutes. Wait, I'm not understanding the rating. I'm supposed to, in comparison to Party Monster, I'll where? I'll tell you. Okay, listening. So Party Monster mm-hmm. is a one. And then the most lifetime of lifetime movies is a five. Okay. So we're comparing really good to, as I call it, very lifetimey. Okay. Not bad, just very lifetimey. And on everything, I'm 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 comparing it to Party Monster being a one. I guess we don't have to say just just in general, a good movie, a classic piece of cinema is a one. And would then, it win? Would it win major awards? Okay, I got Does it. it. Independent spirits. We don't okay. have to say Oscars. Okay. Independent spirit. Right. Okay. On a scale of one to five, do you think the acting in this was closer to a very legitimate mainstream movie, or do you feel like this was very "Quote unquote lifetimey." This was the most lifetimey it, it could possibly be. Really? Yeah. I thought the acting was really good. Okay. It was campy. Yeah, it was campy. But it was written to the dialogue, like it was done. The I thought everyone sort of okay. We'll just say, maybe I'm not understanding. So lifetimey as a as an adjective is like take it away from this movie. Okay. And also, let's say like okay, so you've watched lifetime movies. Liz and Dick. You know that, okay, so Liz and Dick is a five and Party Monster is a one. Oh, okay. Okay. This is like a three. Okay, fair. I'm going to take that. Believability of the world and characters. Like, do you think that this is a world that could possibly exist? I totally believe this world. I totally believe these characters, especially for the era. Yes. I think it's like a two. I would go with a two. Um. Okay. Creative use of words to avoid censorship. Basically meaning like mm-hmm. instead of like, you. oh, shucks mm-hmm. or whatever. Well, I thought kind of in the same lane, I thought they were very creative with the way with the art therapy class, like the way that they censored the man's penis. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give them like a good score on this one. Um, so I guess a two. Let's give it a two. Dialogue. Oh, God. This was to me really bad. 
um, like bad in a great way, you know, like bad good. Want to give it a four? Yeah. Wardrobe, I think, is a one. Wardrobe, flawless. 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 Yeah. If we can just give an Oscar to the wardrobe yeah. department. Hair and makeup. Um, You know what? Pretty good, especially when the chunks of hair were falling out in that one scene. I mm-hmm. mean, the colors didn't perfectly match, but I believe it. did it. look a little bit like fur from mm-hmm. like Joanne's. Yeah. Like I saw a PA running to Joanne that yeah, morning. I'll, I'll give it a two. Okay, great. Music. I'll give it a zero. <laughs> It was kind of like sloppy. Like it was. A, I do like the fucking gunshots at the oh, beginning. Oh right, opening I will title. Say, Mia, honey, I know where you All got I your shit. Do. Okay, yeah. Diplo, report to me because I know where you got that. That okay? is very true. Do you think um, Diplo watched fucking Menu for Murder and then that's where he got Paper Planes? I mean, Diplo, it's I'm calling quite you possible. out. He's loser. very in touch with culture. Very possible. I'm gonna give this a four. <laughs> four. Okay. Um, crying. We never got. There like, wasn't a, a lot of crying, but like, was it when we got crying? Was it bad? Because I think it was a oh. little like uh, the um, emotion when it was like a lot. It was a lot, like the fainting when Mrs. Mann passed out. That was like pr- I call that sort of crying, like this sort of like big emotional spike. Yeah, and all the dying that was really in the essence of camp. I think it was at least a three point five. Oh, we can do point. We can do fractions. We can do whatever we yeah, want. Yeah, that sounds good. Three point five. Victimization of the female characters. So we have to remember Lifetime is television for women. So mm-hmm. all of this is to be skewed towards like sort of being sympathetic towards the female characters. This movie makes it hard. It does because the female characters are the, are bad the guys. fucking worst yeah. in this movie. But also you feel terrible for Susan. Mm-hmm. And then when you really think about it, oh, my God, Marty. Yeah, I feel the worst for Marty. Uh, Marty for sure has has it the worst in almost every way in and this And she movie. has the most positive attitude, and she's been through the hardest stuff. I'm going to give it a four. I agree. Okay. Failure and or refusal to jump to the logical conclusion. How many times during this movie were you like, get it going, ladies? <laughs> I have to say, for this one, for me, it wasn't it wasn't as bad or egregious as some are, where I'm like, don't get in that man's car. He already saw his online profile was a catfish he already told you he likes teen girls yeah. like don't get in his fucking car no there were some twists and turns that got me so like yeah i i i think they did a good job with that three um i would almost go 2.5 okay cool drop plot lines did you leave this being like wait a minute what happened to like so-and-so they tied up a lot of the loose ends i'm trying to think if there were any maybe i wrote something down and part of me is like any of the loose ends yeah, would have I guess, gone to series. Um, I guess I want to know what happened to the little girl that said I'm the devil. So otherwise I would have given it. Like Good a, call. Yeah. Um, and Jan slash Paula's son. Right. Confused about that. Let's go with the three. Okay. And then font, which is I, th- I thought the font was pretty great. Pretty iconic. Iconic font. I'm going to give that a one. Okay. I'm going to give it a two. Can I go to a two? Sure. Okay. Where does that leave us? 32. 32. Okay, a great number. This was not, this was very middle for us, which I think is amazing. Sammy, did you figure out what our highest scoring movie was? Odd Girl Out is our season winner, which I did not fucking expect. Oh, my God. Okay, this was a whole season of movies, wild movies. Suburban Swingers Club was not our winner for this season. It was Odd Girl Out, and I feel really good about that. And that's also, like, a departure from, I think, some of our previous winners. All fucking right. I'm here for that. 
Um, let's, uh, Sammy, you had the name of the wardrobe stylist pulled up. Let's give her a shout out. Oh, so this was, oh, this was written by Dwayne Poole. Oh, oh my God. This was written by Dwayne Poole. Oh, my God. So Dwayne Poole is like sort of a, a regular around here. Um, what was Dwayne Poole's one that I was like railing on this season? I think I like Dwayne Poole. Dwayne was uh, seven things to do before he turned 30. No, Dwayne Poole, what a life you have had in a Dwayne Poole redemption arc at the end of fucking season five. I never would have thunk it. So Dwayne brought us probably one of the most angering movies we've ever watched on this show, 30 Things to Do Before I Turn 30. Yeah, Dwayne fucking Poole. There he is, my king. My king. Oh, my God. I cannot believe it. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Do you think I would be a kiss ass if I started DMing Dwayne Poole? I think you should totally DM him. He would probably be so stoked. You know, I will say that I think word's gotten out about my um, about my podcast. The Dwayne Poole episode? No. Um, yeah, this was one of his. He started. He was writing all pretty much cartoons. He wrote a show called. He wrote mostly um, like Alvin and the Chipmunks, he did that. But Menu for Murder, and then I think Menu for Murder might have been a page turner for him, because then everything sort of started to change a lot in Dwayne Poole's career, and then he's evened out nicely somewhere around seven things to do before I'm thirty. Wow, which was miserable, and I think also where they stole the idea. New Girl was stolen from Seven Things to Do Before. I like to do that on this show. I like to accuse people of stealing. Um, you guys, I do that all the time with music. I'll isn't hear it something. fun? Yeah, but it's, sometimes it's a curse because I can't like enjoy the radio because I'll hear something and I'll be like, oh, that's the melody of blah, blah, blah. And then people in the backseat will be like, don't ruin this song for us. And I'm like, sorry. Like how Diplo stole from this movie, Menu for Murder. <laughs> I'm going to reach out to Dwayne Poole tonight. You guys, thank you so much for listening. This was season five of Mother May I Sleep With Podcast. Eden, thank you so much for being thank my season five finale. Me. Thank you for having me. I had a blast. You guys, I'm not going to take six months off. I do have to be my own Dwayne Poole right now. <laughs> And I have to finish up a script for something. So we are going to take about a month off, but we'll be back. Make sure to check out the Patreon. All that information will be linked in the description. We have an exciting new Patreon journey for you where if you join now, you're going to have access to like six different types of podcasts. All of my podcasts that I produce, all the podcasts that I make, all the podcasts that I will make will be under one Patreon. So it's like, you know... $5 used to get you nowhere in this town. Now it's going to get you everywhere, okay? You guys, thank you so much for listening. Don't have Munchausen's. Don't (laughs) hurt anyone in your life. Uh, Till the next time we talk, please don't, you know, stalk anyone, kill anyone. Keep it tight. Eden's information is also going to be in the description. Sammy, everyone's everywhere. I'm everywhere. Um, Don't stalk me. And please stalk me. I'm at Eden on Instagram and at EdenXO on Twitter. I'd love for you to stalk me. Yeah. Um, and then we'll talk to you, I guess, next season. Bye. I don't know. Bye. <laughs>
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.